0: And welcome to episode 139 of Back of the Net the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Well, on Saturday, AFC Bournemouth needed a reaction, and it's fair to say we got one. Why did we need that reaction? Well, on the Wednesday night at Dean Court, Cherries lost their first game of the season against a stubborn and clinical Preston North End, who won 2-1. Thanks to goals from Benton Whiteman and Ali McCann, which both sandwiched a Philip Billing equalizer. The loss also brought Scott Parker side's five-match winning run to an end and cut their lead at the top of the table to just two points, as his former club, Fulham, recorded an impressive 7-nil win against Blackburn. So our reaction was comprehensive and it was a destruction. Swansea City were the victims and Boscombe maintained their lead at the top of the table and bounced back in style. It was a dominant performance against the Swans, which saw Scott Parker's men looking tantalising on the break, putting to bed the woes from Wednesday night. Now, this episode is dedicated to John Garrard, a.k.a. Nonny, as it was with terrible sadness over the weekend that we learned of his passing. He was, without question, AFC Bournemouth's number one fan. A cherry through and through, John was famous for his infectious smile, his relentless support of AFCB through the divisions, and most of all, his Red Army, a chant which managed to get the players putting in that extra percentage, and a man without whom many famous cherries results may have never happened, as he was often single-handedly responsible for the increase in decibel level home and away, a noise which would always get the players over the line. Noni is an important club of NONI is an important part of what AFC Bournemouth is all about Inclusivity, friendship, solidarity and love Noni, we will truly miss you So, on to the match itself, Swansea City 4-0 And to discuss it is myself, Sam Davis But with me, Neil Dawson and Mr Tiggs So, big show tonight. So, I need the big guns in. Firstly, we're coming to Neil Dawson. Neil, how are you? 4-0 over the Swans. You must be delighted.
1: Over the moon, yeah. I can't believe as well, team being called the Swans so bad on the wings.
0: (laughs) And also, we've got Mr Tiggs here as well. Tiggsy, how are you doing, fella? You are right?
2: Yeah, we enjoyed swanning around that pitch, and it feels especially good going into the international beak. (laughs) No, no. don't worry. doesn't really work, does it? Doesn't no, really you've,
0: you've lost your R's there, mate, yeah, which sorry. is a, which is never a good thing to do. So then, it was a match, tigs where Swansea had won four of their last five. And, you know, not many Cherries fans were taking it for granted, especially after our midweek loss.
2: Well, I think we said, you know, a, a good kind of over a week ago that we thought that was going to be the point. that Maybe we, were, we wouldn't be able to get, get over the line. Uh, and then... The midweek loss came and it, it kind of did rattle our confidence a little bit. But at the same time, uh, it was it's something that we'd be kind of waiting for because we wanted to see what would happen next.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's it. And we've dealt with setbacks within matches, Neil, in terms of Sheffield United. But we haven't when we've lost a game. And it's fair to say that the boys, I mean, after a tentative start, we, we really did deliver, didn't we?
1: yeah we did in the end although i think certainly we, there was a bit of a hangover from preston for the first uh sort of 10-15 minutes were very very nerve-wracking and uh i mean russell martin did the same at milton Keynes dons they they like to have a lot of the ball uh i think they had eighty two 82 possession didn't they in the first yeah. uh 10 minutes and uh you were sort of sat there thinking blimey are we gonna you know have we have we have we got a massive hangover still from Preston? But no, certainly uh, come the end of the game, any thoughts of that gone?
0: We were all a bit tentative against Preston with a non-left-back at left-back Tiggs. And there was still a little bit of that feeling though with Leif Davis, who so far has been untried in that position. I remember him when he came on against Birmingham City, start the game on the right-hand flank. We won the game too now, but it was just such an obtuse uh, part of the pitch for him to be playing in. But it was good to have a left-footed player at left-back. And that wasn't the only change, was it? Because we had Anthony who came back in for low. And also we had uh, Kilkenny uh, for Pearson as well, didn't we?
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you say, great to have a left-back at left-back. Um, naturally kind of slotting in there. And at least us not forget, you know, this was the guy who we thought we were signing to be our regular left-back for the season. So we knew, you know, you got to know he's got to be quality, isn't he? And, you know, Zamora's done a great job of keeping him out the side, uh, but of course he got injured. So yeah, uh, Davis, Davis in, uh, and then Kilkenny. I love, I love that Kilkenny got his place back. Um, yeah. We've we've said before about kind of home away games, different types of matches, right for different types of players. And again, Anthony so deserved to to go back into the team. Uh, nothing against um, the performance from Lowe, but I still maintain and Neil and I talked about this before that they're different sorts of players. Also, the way that they lined up against us, I thought was quite interesting because I felt that they almost came to, to match us in kind of formation and shape. They were very wide mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the game. And they tried to match, or they tried to build up the aggression in the game. Uh, and we, we came to meet it. And that's where, for me, the, the game started to change. What do you think?
1: Well, uh, well, the game changed because Scott Parker made quite a crucial change as well, I think, in that he, he dropped Lerma Deeper. Um, because they were having way too much of the ball. So we started off with Lerma and Billing playing ahead of Kilkenny, and he switched it to bring Lerma back alongside Kilkenny and lead Billing. And that that wrestled the game back for us. That and whatever instruction was given to Leif Davis by um, Gary O'Neill, who wandered all the way around the pitch to talk yeah. to him. And that certainly worked because, I mean, Leaf Davis, I thought, the last 75 minutes, he was like Ashley Cole. First 15 minutes, he was like Cheryl Cole.
2: <laughs> do you know i've never i don't see many coaches ever do that like walk no. around to give the instruction they got to just yell don't they and hope yeah hope well they couldn't get there. to it because
1: he was over the other side of the pitch so they came around them oh. whatever he said to him i think he said get further out get oh. close get out to the wing and get closer to the action um and uh and it kicked on from there so it was whatever was said and lerma dropping back wrestled the game back
0: we, we seem to sort of gift them with a lot of possession for that first 20 minutes. And I don't know how many passes they had in that first, you know, 20 minutes of the game, but it was quite a lot. Now, overall, they had more passes and I swear most of that actually came in like inside the first 20 minutes. And um, I felt that we were really struggling, but whilst they had a lot of the ball, they didn't really create much ticks, did they? Like it was almost possession for possession's sake.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I had to sort of think to themselves, you know, they're, gonna come at us quite patiently. Um so that didn't overly surprise me to be honest. But yeah, we we weren't we're not easy to break down even at our worst, to be fair to us. You know, we've got a good defensive record. Um it's always going to be there now, I think for the rest of the season. I don't think we need to worry about that. Um and we made things difficult for them. We'd certainly got more aggressive and that made it that made it harder for them as well. Um but yeah they didn't really threaten a lot. And when I think about Travs he had that one save didn't he quite early on that was um that was crucial but apart from that he didn't have a great great deal to do
0: no no he really didn't and there is a really interesting uh chalkboard actually that's that shows you in terms of the uh shots that they had and I'll, I'll bring it up on screen very shortly but all of their shots were outside the box hmm. and you know right. we 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 were shooting inside the box outside the box so you know we weren't sort of you know, gifting them much, it, it's almost like we were maybe happy for them to have the ball at, like a little bit, nil, as we have been for most games this season.
1: Yeah, well, I think we've cottoned on to the fact now that teams have worked out that they need to really go at us in the first 20 minutes. So we saw Preston do it, and arguably successfully. We saw Reading do it um, it very intensely at the Majeski Stadium the week before. And we saw Swansea do it. So it's quite clearly a, a pattern that they think that we're going to knock it around the back slowly, get in their throats, you can upset them. Uh, and I think from our point of view, we're quite happy to let teams do that if they don't concede, because we saw with both Reading and Swansea, they were shattered after 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've still got another 70 minutes to go. And uh, certainly, you know, neither Swansea or Reading could keep anywhere near the intensity that they put up for the first. So, I think I think you'll be all right with that. You can't, you'd handle losing the first twenty minutes of any game if you won it. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They they were quite they were quite competent with the ball under pressure, I thought, and they were moving it around really mm. quickly. And we were we were trying to sort of press them, but you know, they were good enough at that part of the game. And I think after fifteen minutes, the possession stats was eighty two percent in Swansea's favour. But like you just mentioned, but uh, early on, earlier on, um, we started to get some joy after 20 minutes and uh, Kilkenny shot wide. Um, you know, Billing won a, fl- a flick on and it landed at Anthony's feet. And he tried to play at first time beyond the defender and into the space that Solanke was driving into, but an interception stopped it from reaching Dom. And there were these little moments and these little chances that were just giving us, more and more, you know, confidence, you know, in the stands, but also on the pitch. And you know, Leaf Davis, Sir Tiggs, was actually pretty integral to our first goal when we opened him up, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, no, he was. He was. Um, yeah, very good. I, I think it started with um, with Anthony. Actually, mm. it was. Uh, it was. It was a pass. Um, oh no, no, it wasn't. That no, was it. No, it, I think that was the gate where the, the game had just got a bit niggly, hadn't it? And the ref hadn't actually kind of been able to maintain any control of it. Um, and then it broke out, didn't it? Um, yeah. So
0: the ball was on the uh, right-hand side of the pitch and Stacey was on the byline. And he played this uh, lovely ball um, across the pitch uh, that fed Leaf Davis. And what I started to like to see was that as soon as he made the pass and it was to Anthony, I think, he bombed hmm. forward, which was really good. And then then it was a quick pass to Phil Bill, who timed his run just right. The, the opposition manager is saying that he thought it was marginally offside. I don't know what angle he was using to see that, because none of the angles that I can see even no. you know give it a chance of working it out. So it can only be what he saw at the time. And then what I really liked to see was Phil Bill, just a slight look up, and then he knew Dom Solanke was there, left-footed shot. Um, sorry, a left-footed cross and then a Dom Solanke really composed finish. Superb goal, Neil.
1: Yeah, no, tremendous. So, I mean, Leif Davis had just played a fantastic ball down the line just before that um, for Anthony. And I think when you make your debut, you've got to do one good thing, haven't you? And he'd shaky start, like we said, then that one brilliant ball where the crowd all roared approval of it. And then that gave him the confidence, I think, to, for, the, for the second ball. But it was, it was a well-worked goal all the ways around. And uh, lovely to see Solanke properly finishing it as well, because yeah. that's been slight criticism of at times this year with some of the more straightforward chances. But he absolutely smashed it home. Um, and, uh, no, great, great start. And then Swansea's game... Game's got to change then a little bit. So they've, they've got to get higher up the pitch and get at us. And then that allows us space behind them. So it all it all works. It all worked brilliantly from there.
0: For me, their game didn't change overly tactically, though. What they did get, Tegs was just a little bit niggly. Yeah. And start to make the most of everything in try, trying to get the referee onside.
2: Yeah, it sort of started before the goal. But then after the goal, there was a an incident by the touchline, I think, wasn't there? Mm. Um, which got a little bit out of control. It was really interesting, actually, the way that the ref dealt with it or rather didn't. He he yeah. just took a complete back seat, just back way away from yeah. it. that's where Parker came onto the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. I think to get involved. And you know, it was an odd an odd approach to it, but nevertheless it it I guess it worked. Is that he something rem- you would
1: do Neil? He remarked well, he reminded me of when you see like a, a little landlord um trying to break up a rugby <laughs> like, kick it off at a kick it off at a pub. He he's just sort of arrived in a in a jacket out leave it, leave it, leave it. He just arrived in a jacket out of nowhere, didn't he? And the uh um I think he was what he was trying to do was protect the players is what he said he, he said yeah. afterwards. Um, and uh, well uh, you just can't beat it. You can't beat a 22 man brawl for getting that The rest of the game was so entertaining after that, because you knew that there were going to be people that have vendettas that might have been had their toasted on or a little dig in the ribs when they were in that melee, and they yeah. were all looking for the person to sort it out. I've never ever seen a game go dull after a scrap.
0: What I like about it is actually the position on the pitch where it happened, because it was almost identical to where Jefferson Lermas was yes. uh, when we played Watford in that one-nil win uh last season. And what's good about it being near to the touchline is everyone gets involved. Where it's on the other like if it's on the other side of the pitch, no one can probably be asked to get involved. But you've no. got people on the bench, like you know, like adding to yeah. the uproar and Parker running on. And I think what it was was Christie went in on uh Downs I think it was and maybe it was a foul I don't know but the referee blew and Christie just turned but Downs had a problem and then I think Billing was behind him and he could see that he had a problem with him and whilst he was approaching Christie looking to square up for him Christie didn't even know it was going on he kind of flailed his arm it hit uh, Phil Bill and then he was trying to hold him back like bear hugging him and it all kicked off Parker came on love that and you know what. It, like it just gets the crowd going, Neil,
1: doesn't it? it like that it just does. gets us going. It's superb, hundred percent. And also, I like what Scott Parker said afterwards because a lot of managers will say, "Oh, I can't condone that," and it's disappointing when we see it. And you know, we've spoken about it after the game. But he he, he was pretty clear in the fact that he thinks he thinks a good team building exercise. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was the way he played. He was a combative uh, combative player, wasn't he? And I think he, I think he's right. Teams pull together on the back of things like that because they look to see which of their teammates. Help him out. I mean, Lerma was smack bang straight into the middle of it, wasn't it? And Gary Cahill as well arrived for quite some distance too. And I can remember a Bournemouth game many, many years ago where Tony Pulis ran, sprinted seventy yards quicker than I've ever seen him in his life to get involved in one of those. And I think it, it you know, they'll have had a good chat about it this week. I think, I think it's a, it's, it's a positive negative thing, isn't it?
0: I think so. Whilst whilst Eddie Howe used to do, you know, pedalos on the River Stour, we just have a pure fight going on. That's the, that's the only yeah, way to do it. <laughs> yeah, fight club. That's it. Well,
1: Absolutely. What happens in training stays in training.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I saw, I saw some tactical shapes where I was in a different position this time. It's very difficult to see from the north stand, but I was sat slap bang in the middle of the main stand with like one of the best views I've, I've probably had at Dean court really. And you could see that whenever we were out of possession ticks There, you know, it was an obvious fight. So, you know, like Jefferson Lerma was basically being the third central defender there. But what that then, you know, did allow was for our wing backs to then push up like forward and try to, you know, prevent them from attacking. And, yeah, You've got to say that it was a tactic that worked really well because, you know, from that moment forward, they barely posed any threats, did they? I mean, you know, this here, this is what you're seeing in the second half, right? But in the first half, we were doing exactly the same. And Mm -hmm. Swansea didn't really get near our goal once we deployed that tactic, did they?
2: No and we and we started to find more space behind them as a result of it as well somehow which which mm. kind of surprised me uh, especially down the left um, Anthony and, and Davis were having a, a great time uh, getting down there yeah uh, it worked really really well and do you know what that's the kind of thing that for me kind of proves a lot of the well it proves myself actually it disproves myself because I was really worried about Parker as a manager coming in and you know Parker ball etc etc but to see how he changes things in a game. You don't always see that, do you, uh, from managers, even at this level? So, um, yeah, I think it's a you know, clever little move. And all right, we're a goal up, so maybe he's gonna he's gonna be thinking maybe hold it a little bit, but it worked, and we yeah. went on
1: to score more goals. And he's still a relatively inexperienced manager. So he's done two years. And they always say, uh, there was a famous quote, wasn't that? I can't remember he said it. A manager who had been sacked a lot. Said, you, you know, you've got to be sacked before you become a good manager. So he, uh, you yeah, know, he will have reflected. You know, I, I think Newcastle will see a different Eddie as well because he'll have thought yeah. of that relegation season and he'll have replayed in his head and thought, well, I'm going to do this again. Um, and uh, I think Scott Parker similarly you know, probably took the feedback from Parker Ball being a little bit tentative and is, is learned. Like all good managers do, they learn, don't they? Yeah.
0: Should have probably made it too, actually, where uh, I think Kilkenny had the ball very deep and set Jaden free on the left-hand side. It was a ball over the top and I was willing him to shoot with his left foot, but he didn't. Yeah. He cut back onto his right, but yeah. he was outpaced by the defender. And there were a couple of times in the first half where I thought, I'm sure Jaden's faster than that. But, you know, they were... You know, very it was very good defending at the time, and it was a it was a chance where I just I just willed him to shoot first time, but he didn't. He cut back, and by which time um, the defender uh, managed to intercept. And then moments later, space was opening up in front of like Philip Billing, and then he just sort of miscontrolled the ball. And it was one of these perfect attacks that mm. was uh, looking good. But it was fair to say that the old Bournemouth were coming back, the Bournemouth that were absent on Wednesday, and it wasn't only the fans that were enjoying it. It was it was the class of 70 <laughs> and 71 tigs that were all there celebrating as well superb to see some uh, happy faces there
2: yeah that's lovely that is lovely could you could you hear them behind you sam as you were watching the game
0: you know what? I was I was just to the right of that, but I oh, spoke yeah. to Ted McDougall before the game. As you, as you can see, there's there's Keith Williams there as well. There was a whole yeah. crowd of uh, players, and obviously they were at the club on Friday night as well for uh, the evening uh, hosted by Jimmy Glass, where um, everyone was um well nearly everyone had a chat on the mic including uh kevin bond as well uh you know representing his uh his dad at the time good Good. yeah some 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 really good
1: stories from him so we all remember uh, you sam remember us as the best interview he's ever done in his life or
0: he uh not he didn't say that but he did say hello and uh We had a chat with him and Willow. Like we were we were basically there until we were chucked out. So I think it was like relatively quite late, but it was yeah, just really nice to chat about all things AFC Bournemouth. He he was chatting about the channel as well. He was chatting about watching back of the net. I think he may have even mentioned your name, Neil. Um, so it's you know, it's quite nice to get name checked by a goal scoring hero. Of course, he he scored 49 in that season. Um, we had a quiz during that evening as well, by the way. One of the questions was, I mean, a, a lot of the questions were really really difficult it was Neil Vacher that you set the questions and being the kind of oh, st-
1: right. statistical yeah. oh
0: my so but I think he tried to set the bar low but it was still like way too high for everyone else but yeah. I got I got one question right which was the system like the footballing system that they used back in those days that was the Coverdale system uh, oh. so I got that but when it came to average attendances and stuff like that, then I'd had no chance. I think it was about 15,000 for one of the games or something. I can't remember, but yeah. But anyway, they had smiles on our faces and so did we. And, you know, the football was was really, really good. And then there was this moment, Tiggs, on, on 36 minutes that was quite interesting because I haven't, properly there've been a few little kind of incidents within the game that I still can't work out whether they're penalties and whether they're not and this is probably the first of them where Leif Davis played a ball over the top Phil Billing managed to collect it he shielded it with his back to goal and he yeah. he cleverly touched it one way and then the other and managed to pirouette and get a in that just went over the head of Dom Solanke but Dom Solanke and their defender Manning were like ended up on the floor yeah which meant he couldn't he couldn't get back to his feet and he, he was almost pinned down. What, what did you make of that? You probably had
2: a better view than I did. Uh, Yeah. Difficult to say really. I mean, I would, I would, I call it, a, I don't know if that's a penalty. I don't, I do I wouldn't give it as a penalty. Um Was that when then Lerma tried to shoot back in? Was that that one? Yeah, or was that that's right. yeah. Uh, I
1: think He was pinned was, to the ground like yeah. WWF. Yeah, it, was. it was like WWF. He was pinned yeah. to the ground, wasn't he? It was, it, yeah. It's one of those I always think anywhere else, and the and the pitch is out. So therefore, it technically is a penalty. But the big, the the bigger penalty we've not mentioned was Leaf Davis in the in the very early on. Point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I if that had been a Bournemouth player, I'd have been fuming Mm because, because quite clearly from where I was sat, he 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 clipped him, but.
0: Was he running fast enough for it to be a pick? Because, you know, I know that th- these challenges look more dramatic when they're at pace. And I think the way he got round him, he, he sort of managed to get to the byline, but he wasn't exactly running at speed. But I suppose it's just any touch, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, it could have been a piece of cloth from his shorts, maybe brushing his leg or something. But to me, I'm, I thought it's one that you've seen, you know, one that you've seen awarded, but I wasn't too sure
1: myself. There were three, Yeah, well, I think there could have been three or four penalties in the game and there were none. So if anything for the ref, he was consistent.
0: And and what about the one where um there was a there was a ball through that looked like it was going to Jaden Anthony, but um I think their defender, Bennett, managed to get the ball back to his keeper, but he almost mm. rugby tackled him, Tiggs. Do you remember that? I mean, not that Anthony was going to get it anyway, but he he did he he did completely take him out. And it's, you know, I just thought like at times the referee um it you know was very frugal with his cards and uh you know that was probably one of the moments
2: well yeah i agree he was frugal with his cards considering all the incidents in the game but i think Neil was right i think he was consistent i also felt he was consistently not quite up with play as well but that, <laughs> that was just my view maybe um yeah. so you know it's it's difficult to give those decisions if you're not if you haven't got a good sight of them and it didn't feel like he did to be honest
1: I think 90% of the time when you have a scrap at a game, mm. a referee's allowed it to get to that situation, in my in my memory of watching lots of football. It doesn't arrive out of nowhere. It arrives because a number of kicks and shoves and things have gone un, unnoticed or unpunished, and then people get more and more riled. It's very rare you see a well-controlled game that suddenly erupts into a scrap, unless there's a career-ending tackle, which there wasn't. Mm.
0: I think Sam Summers, if you follow him on Twitter, he slowed... One of the moments down uh, where a lot of people were crying out that, uh, you know, a lot of the opposition were crying out about uh, Leaf Davis having fouled him. And it, it seems like he has maybe disproved the myth. So if you go to Sam Summers' tweet, apparently right. one of his replays uh, maybe debunked the myths, to use that phrase, twice in a week. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, as second half's go, Neil, start quite well.
1: Yes, it did, didn't it? It was, uh, and what a goal. I there's nothing better than a, a a huge barnstorming run across and a and a dynamic finish whether it be a young Kermigant header or uh you know w- whatever it is but i mean oh, leaf yeah. davis that was the cross of justice that was i mean he yeah. he really pinged out of nowhere cuz i was sitting there thinking he's running out he's running out of space and he just he just whacked it across and I mean, that was an absolutely majestic finish by Solanke. He hung in the air and volleyed it. So, you know, I've, I've been critical of his finishing in years gone by. So I've got to be the first to say that's one of the greatest finishes of a cross I've seen at Bournemouth.
0: Wow. That's, yeah, that is some accolade. And what I really like about that was that Swansea had the ball and they and they played it forward and Leif Davis read the pass and he managed to cut it out and then the ball fell to Anthony. He just lobbed it over the top, knowing that, you know, judging by how he played the second half of the first half, he's probably going to be bombing on. And Leif Davis, like, whether he can see, I'm not too sure, but he barely even looks and he just puts it into that place, which, you know, you've got to say, surely that is proof that Dom is turning into that instinctive right place right time striker that his teammates just know that he's going to be there and he was and the finish was superb
2: yeah and there are lots of examples of that actually throughout the game where uh, a little bit later on when we start getting a little bit um greedy no that's not fair but you know there were a number yes. of opportunities like for Christie yeah. for example where actually if he'd squared it Dom Dom was in space Um mm. and that carried on through the game actually from, from around about that point so yeah I agree he's definitely getting more instinctive and he's just turning up in the right places at the right time which is what you need him to do I tell you what I think- that's
0: one of those um that's one of those spot the ball images that no one would ever win <laughs>
2: what's,
1: it, what's it doing there yeah. sorry Neil Apart apart from uh, some granny old who just randomly places crosses. The um I think Scott Parker sort of got some sort of agreement with him as well. If you haven't scored a hat-trick by 75 minutes, you're coming off. Because Dom Solanke mm. never goes off apart from the two games this year where he scored twice. That's and funny. then he gets and then he gets taken off. So I think it's almost like he said, look, you want a hat-trick, mate, you've got to get one in 75 minutes or you're coming off. So because he did. He didn't look very happy to come off. Although by the time he got to the bench, he did all the hugs. But I bet he was thinking, "Christ, am I ever going to get a hat trick?" Mm. Mm. Oh, and he, I
0: mean, once again, we've we've waxed lyrical about him so many times this season already. But Tiggs, just his—it's not just his goals, is it? It's a, it, you know, just his general hold-up play. There were so many times the ball was just um, launched forward. I would you know launch, not like Gillingham, but you know, obviously like tactically played like down a channel, and he'd run onto it. He'd shield it. He would retain possession, or even if it's played to his feet, his feet are really good. He's getting stronger. He's really turning into the all-round player for us, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think the club put a tweet out today actually about him um, mm-hmm. and how many, how much involvement he's had in goals in the last kind of year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since the beginning of last season, um, it's quite a large number of assists as well as yeah. as well as goals. So yeah, he does everything, doesn't he, for us which is yeah. why he's so important, which is why, you know, 75 minutes he, he was yanked off. I wonder if he gets a goal bonus, if he gets a hat-trick now.
1: But that might be it. That might be written into his 20 million pound deal when he, he arrives. Yeah. It, yeah. It's uh sort of quick, get him off quick on the radio, get him off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was just smirking at Dom getting yanked off. Um, I'm not sure
1: that they can keep up. <laughs> he, he only used to, he only used to get an orange at Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Uh, uh, okay so next one then 58 minutes christie getting hauled down uh we were we were up in the tempo and the pressure and it was that manning defender again like and he i think anthony won the ball outside of the area and he sort of drove into the middle he cut back and he fired at goal and it it, it then deflected in the path of christie who he, it was like he was pinned down again or brought down as he swung his foot at it. I've seen replays, but I'm still still not really sure about it. Have you seen it, Neil?
1: Oh, God, I was hoping you were going to ask me. I was hoping you were going to ask Tiggs. I don't remember that at all. T- I might have gone for a week. Tiggs, have you seen tigs,
2: it? do you remember
1: that one? I vaguely do. Yeah, I do. I do remember it. I it might think be one that watches
2: games around here. <laughs> <laughs> we were there. Well, I watched it, but I just didn't see that bit. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes part and parcel with the, the, the type of game that this was, to be honest with you. Um, no one was getting anything. And, you know, the Swans fans were just as disappointed with the referee's decisions as we were, to be fair. Um, you know, and they were saying so afterwards. So, um, yeah. But on the other hand, oh, Christie is such a nuisance, isn't he, to other teams? Yeah. I mean, he is really, you know, when is he going to bloody
1: score, though? I know. Oh. I so, know.
0: So, and you know what? This was one of his major chances that. Ended up in our third goal when he yeah. when it was the Parker press again and he he capitalised on Grimes's really poor back pass and he rounded uh, Bidwell he drove into the box and he opened up his body mm. and yeah. you could see what he was wanting to do but the keeper just flailed out a leg I think yeah, um, yeah. and then that that made it sk- just uh, skip up into the air Neil and Jade Nancy was there
1: did we score a third goal. No, I'm joking. So, <laughs> Chris Kamara moment. The one, the one thing you would say about him and Christie is they do need to start piling in with goals. Um, and, you know, that was a proper striker's finish. So, if you play wide, there's a danger you don't get in the box enough for those sort of like rebounds. Only Solanke will get rebounds. Um, so, it was really lovely to see him popping up there. And uh, and he finished it, you know, as uh, with a really powerful sort of neck muscle header as well, which he needed to, to get it across the line. Uh, with the keeper being able to save it and the keeper got a hand to it, I think, didn't he? But it just was too powerful. So, really yeah. good to see. I'd rather, I'm more happy he scored a goal like that than I would if he bent one in from 20 yards because it shows that he'll get more goals. Yeah. Yeah. He knew he where was, to be, didn't he, Neil? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was, he was obviously very happy with that as well. And you know what? Tiggs, his family were happy with it, weren't they?
2: Yeah. They were sat behind me in the South Stand but, uh, and they brilliant. were going absolutely bananas absolutely bananas they were smashing on the back of the ted shed whole thing was shaking but um well, you know they were great
1: was it who was it his mum and dad or uh, and no i don't think so i think
2: i think maybe i didn't ask that i didn't ask that they were actually i knew his family I think, I think maybe it might have been his mum don't go quite beyond that but i think maybe i saw on another one of our videos oh actually, brilliant. That, that they were his cousins maybe I think some of them. So, uh, yeah, but they they were loving it, and you know they're cherries through and through. Now they were telling us after the game. So, um, yeah, really, really good, really, really good. And there's been a few of those moments this season. You know, these young players have had their family come and to be able yeah. to see those things is 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 absolutely brilliant. I want to I want to meet Kilkenny's family now. I want them to come over and uh, come over from 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 Ireland and, and watch a game. Hopefully, if they're not already. Yeah. Uh, Kerry saying
0: that you did a fantastic job with the post match interviews, you really did put oh, me to good. shame, mate. I thought, uh, Jaden's family was so happily happy, I loved seeing that, and yeah, so did I. So, yeah, Jordan Zamora's family, Jaden Anthony's. Who next? Who is it's, it going to be?
1: It's worthwhile remembering as well that because we look at players and they get a lot of criticism, don't they? And it's worthwhile remembering they are, you know, we talk a lot about mental health, they are, they are human beings, and it was brought yeah. home to me when I I I once sat in front of Jason Pierce's mum and dad. Um, I think it was a way older shot, bizarrely. And they were so nervous the whole game. And every time, you know, he was in a bit of danger by the corner flag, they were like, get it out, get it out, get it out. And yeah. you realise that, you know, everyone, everyone's got a mum and dad that just like we watch, you know, our kids play football. With. Everyone's got a mum and dad that just is hoping they don't make a mistake. And it's lovely, lovely to see, lovely to see that. Hmm. Absolutely
0: brilliant. So, yeah, he was delighted with that as well. Getting on the score sheet again, love seeing that smile. And Bournemouth were were 3-0 up and, you know, it felt like we were home and dry. But you sort of, you got the feeling, Tiggs, that there were going to be more goals because we were absolutely peppering them. And you look at the scoreline at the end, we'll talk about the fourth goal, obviously, but with the chances that we had, it, it almost flatters them, you could say.
2: Yeah I mean I I watched the uh I watched the the highlights again and um like four easily four chances that we could have scored that we didn't mm. really good ones and then uh, like two or three other kind of half chances um yeah I don't really know uh, you know what happened to their game plan I guess they just mm. maybe it well, they burnt themselves out a little bit uh Swansea because they just couldn't contain us then um yeah. and they were fortunate yeah definitely
1: we noticeably press higher in the second half of games than we do in the first half. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't know whether it's by design. I'm guessing it is by design, not accident. And I think they... Uh, Milton Keynes were done exactly the same way. Russell Martin's Milton Keynes side were done exactly the same way by us, by, by being caught right on the edge of the box uh, uh, on a couple of occasions. Uh, I mean, Christie had that one shot as well that just missed the post by an inch. You can see it on an alternate angle very clearly. Yeah. Uh, And I thought that was his moment. But uh, no, I think, Sam, they just, they ran out of steam. And also that game plan isn't great when you're 3-0 down. When you're 3-0 down and everyone's a bit not looking for the ball, you really want to just get it forward.
0: Yeah, we were, we were seeing some really good moments all over the pitch, not just from our attacking players. I thought that Kelly was really strong at the back. Man of the match worthy? Not so sure. You can see why uh, the sponsors might have picked him, but I thought that there were players that possibly shaded it more. But on the right-hand side, Stacey, Stacey was really good. Uh, put, yeah. yeah, put Christy in. Who was who was marginally offside with that shot that went wide. And then and then Stacy again put in Christy. It was an interception where it was a sort of um it fell to Stacy and it was a ball over the top. And Christy sort of seemed to be in so much room. And he he took it down on his head. And then it was almost like between his let like he it didn't fall naturally for him. So he had to scissor kick it. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, just wide of the post. And you know, Solanke was to his left though, like. Wanting
1: well, that yeah. hat trick, you now, wasn't it's he? Head in his yeah. hands, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was the one I was just talking about, just, yeah, just, just now. And there was a billing one as well where he shot right foot, where he really had to cross for Solanke. He really had to cross it, and he shot right across goal, and solanki was was stood there. Um, So no, it was a it was a total bombardment of uh, of them towards the end. Great to watch.
0: Yeah, it was. And like you say, you know, Stacy was getting more and more forward, which was uh, which was really good. Uh, and then, you know, Anthony, I, I can say, you know, on Christie's part, yes, you could have put in Solanke, but it's not like he was short of confidence after scoring that second goal. So why not go yourself? And at some point, he will score a goal for AFC yeah. Bournemouth, praying it's in the next match. Um, there was a really good move. We've started with a throw-in on the left-hand side. And a lot of people recently on some forums on Twitter have been criticising how you know bad we are from throw-ins and set pieces and stuff but I thought really good quick throw to Solanke who just made this lovely little touch which put in Anthony in a a, a curled effort then uh went just ahead of low it wasn't a shot but he played this exquisite ball I was right behind it and oh yep. so 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 close to putting in low he had a yeah he had a shot from distance himself loaded as well palmed away um And, you know, like you said, Neil Billing flashed it wide after being set free by Lowe. Then there was that moment where Billing and Solanke combined. Um, And that was probably Solanke's chance for the hat trick. That was where Dom fed Phil Bill. And he's got this lovely gliding technique where he just pirouetted and he just backheeled it to Solanke. I think he tried to use the defender as a screen, but it ultimately hit the defender's legs and it was saved by the keeper. And I think the follow-up he slanky's foot might have just brushed the goalkeeper but uh the goalkeeper made the most of it and tried to get slanky booked again i think but, didn't, but oh, when's he going to score that third goal Tiggs? when's it going to be eh?
2: yeah i don't know full him away full him away that'd be great wouldn't it it was you know that that goal that goalkeeper was quite interesting actually that that reaction because um i know players kind of put it on but you know don went he was trying to get the goal he wanted to get that third goal he sort of Carried on walking, so he was into the net, and the goalkeeper was incensed. Mm. But the look on, on Dom's face was like, What, what did I do? What, what, what mm. did I do? Yeah, yeah. Really, so shocked that, um, because I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's the type to, no, to he's not, not in a million choice.
1: years, not, no. not in a million years. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of strikers over the years that we think that they that would have done that, but not, it's just that it he doesn't think like that. No. Mm. no, Robbie's got it right,
0: yeah. Absolutely essential. And then, how nice to see Lewis Cook coming on, eh, Neil? I mean, a long time coming, and good to see him back. And you know what? Could have actually scored himself, eh?
1: Yeah, wrong foot. Oh no, mm. to his wrong foot. So uh, if that had been on the other side, I think he would have belted that across goal. Uh, it just just happened to fall to him. Was he carrying a bit of extra timber? We thought he looked a bit different. We wondered if he'd uh, been at the biscuit tin a bit and his in his in his time off. He just he looked he looked. Fuller didn't he, to me mm. but he but I mean if he gets I mean what a what a luxury of riches we we've got in that side now because he's a very very similar player to Kilkenny so they yeah. will they yeah. will rival each other off I know he came on in a further forward position because I think he didn't want to disrupt the defensive midfield but you know it's uh, what a great because I I think there's not uh, prime Lewis Cook and prime Gavin Kilkenny there's not an awful lot to choose between them
2: mm. yeah no, I completely agree with you Neil. and uh, Yeah, it'd be really interesting what we do going forward. We've got to give Cook minutes still. Uh, We have to. We've got to get him back to fitness. Otherwise, you know. But then you've got Pearson as well, which is a different, I know he's a different type of player, but it's making it really difficult in that middle. A little stat, actually, that um, I was trying to find it because I remember Jacob Tanswell posted it in the week. Mm. And the game against um, Preston, we made 24 tackles in the whole game. Mm. The game against Swansea in just the first half. 21 tackles we attempted. So there's a very different type of performance. And I think it was after those sort of 15 minutes, you know, that we changed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And those were the tackles that are attempted. It's almost like you uh, read my mind there. As if by Mm -hmm. magic as well. I mean, and you know, just check out the passing stats as well. I mean, you know, they passed so much more, you know, than us. And I don't know how many of them were in the first part of the game, but it just absolutely shows you. That you know, having possession like we used to under certain other managers, like doesn't necessarily, and having passes, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, you win the game. And you know, they were chasing the game. You know, come the end of it, they really were. And I thought we, you know, we absolutely, you know, dominated. They were, they seemed completely spent. Another stat is that AFC Bournemouth won eighty-five point seven percent of the aerial jewels as well, yeah. which yeah. which you know goes to show um I you know I don't know how many of them were just long balls, humped balls forward or what, but we seem to be coping there as well, Tiggs, which is good.
2: Yeah, without Steve Fletcher on the pitch as well. I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's quite it's quite an odd stat for us. I've never really thought of us as a team that that wins a lot of headers. Uh, we're kind of a second ball team a lot of the time, yeah. weren't we? Um, so, yeah, that is an odd stat, but great. You know, it's it's another element to our game. I'm sure that's got something to do with Gary Cahill. I'm sure it must have. We're
1: slowly changing as a team, aren't we, though? Because we we were always a team that conceded, and now, you know, we rarely look like conceding. We're a lot tougher, uh, physically tougher. And look at our midfield options in terms of physical strength. And yeah. uh, even Philip Billing won a header. Which uh, <laughs> which we thought, blimey, we must must be a must be a day for winning headers if Phil Bill wins a header.
0: So those are the uh, those are the aerial jewels as well. Uh, just to confirm what I was saying, I tell you what's quite interesting on the on the passes front. There, this is this is from whoscored.com, dot right? And it's it's very interesting to see in the target zone bit at at the bottom right. Um, ah. Our stats are on the left hand side here. And then Swansea's are on the right. But you can see that we were so much better in the final third with our passing as well. And, you know, we were meeting our targets a lot better. So, yeah, just, you know, it just goes to show uh, how dominant we were in that match. If you want to check out who scored.com, some really good information there on, um, on, you know, trying to detangle the stat side. And another one was that our XG was the highest that it's been this season, Tiggs.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, what was it, Sam? Do you know? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing it was probably more. It was probably more than three, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah I, and, and that doesn't surprise us. You know, we we saw the game. I was just sitting here thinking, well, who who gets all those? stats? Where did all those stats come from? Is that because all all players have got little, you know, microchips in their boots or something, or is that just uh, is someone sat there going, someone sat there doing past, it, mate? Past, yeah, that's so, what I thought. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a company that do it, and they uh, and they just they press a button, don't they? Every time, uh, every time something happens, but dull job.
0: Let's see about uh, Anthony who got on the score sheet again. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And you know, Morgan Rogers, I've got to say, right superb superb Like when he came on I thought he did really well because there was this kind of moment of possession that we had uh where you know we gifted it back to him Swansea had the ball and then he just nicked it off him twice and one of the uh, last inceptions he did put Jamal Lowe um on the ball which then squared it to Anthony really unselfish I mean he was the angle probably wasn't there for a shot um but then it fell to Anthony left foot, second goal of the game superb Neil
1: yep and and a uh, better. So I was down in the fire exit because I was getting ready to leg it to avoid the rush. So I I had to sort of like run back into the stadium to see it. So I didn't see it from my normal view high up. But when I watched it back on television, it was uh, a, a better finish than it looked from low down. Actually, he he uh, he took time and he slotted it right into the bottom corner. A man of confidence, um doubled his goal tally for the season. Great for his family. They got to speak to Tiggs as well. So their day only got better. <laughs>
0: yeah of course it did i mean it's that's one thing that i i did think seemed to be lacking from his game and look that we won't have games you know like that all the time and i'm sure that uh, scott will be uh, you know running the rule over his uh, you know, performance like he does with everyone, and telling him where he can, you know, see some improvements. But you know, to get a couple of goals, I thought was absolutely superb. And he was, he was shooting at the right time, and he was, he was having efforts from from distance. There was one that he had where the keeper palmed away that I said earlier, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad he was, you know, taking on those shots yep. it's um yeah really really good to see and there's nothing better takes than going into an international break where the win is there because had we got any other result that that would not mm. have been good and it would have probably just left us stewing for a couple of weeks really
2: yeah it's a really great feeling um and going back to what you know Parker as well I noticed in the sort of last 10 minutes of the game or 10-15 minutes games so he swaps a lot of the players around he tr- uses that time if we're winning to try out different things try Anthony on the right you know, uh, uh, try a different player up front instead of slanky. Uh, it's really interesting trying different systems because if we ever did have an injury there, touch wood we don't, um, we need, we'll need something completely different probably. Uh, okay. But yeah, going into the international break, uh, fantastic. We, you know, well-deserved as well because our will see, you know, we've had one little blip, one little loss, um, but we too deserve, I think, to, to end up on a high and rather on a low. Yeah. And I'm really excited because we've got a thick and fast when we come back now going up to Christmas.
1: What was really important, I think, from a psychological point of view is that Fulham have won seven out of seven mm. and they've only gained three points on us. And that's 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 wow. quite soul-destroying because if you go on a, a, a run where you win seven games in a row, you normally will eclipse anyone that's around you. But we've won six of the seven, haven't we? So, mm. uh, so you know, they've, they've done – that's probably – I mean, will they sustain that? It'd be hard to. So they've had their purple patch and gained three points on us. Um, And with West Brom uh, drawing as well, thank you, Neil Warnock, sadly lost to the game. Um, That's, uh, you know, that that turned into a really good weekend after the Tuesday when they both won and we lost.
2: Yeah. Do
0: Do you get the feeling that we are a different level this season? It seems like us and Fulham, I mean, that's what the table does suggest. But you're looking at other teams, West Brom... I thought I thought we coped with them. Unlucky, perhaps not to get a result in that. But two all, I think on the opening day was fair. But you got Stoke City, we won at their place. Queens Park Rangers, there. You know there are other sides there that, you know, Swansea City when they're you know yeah top half of the table. They're a decent run of results, and we absolutely smashed them. Neil, do you get the feeling that we are just different cl- a class this season?
1: Both teams are a different class. What will what it will break down on is injuries. That's what, That's where championship seasons always break down because they're long, hard seasons. And uh, the only thing that will stop Fulham and Bournemouth is arguably an injury to the centre forwards. Yeah. Um, and uh, because Fulham have precious little other people that score. And in reality, um, we're not a million miles away from them. We've got Philip Billing, I guess, the wide players. One of them started to score. But we're so heavily reliant on our centre forwards, not just for goals, but the way they play. I think both sides' priority in January has got to sign another centre forward. Hmm. Otherwise, Just... otherwise, if everything stays as it is, I think over the, court, the remaining games, we'll gain enough points. Both teams will gain enough points to stay a clear of West Brom, who will drop too many points. But it all depends on their injuries to the centre forwards.
2: I think you're spot on there. I think as well, a lot of people thought that Jamal Lowe might be a player to play centre forward. I don't think, you know, we've <laughs> spoken about it before, he can't do what Dom does. Um, you, wouldn't, you don't really want him to be doing that it changes his game it's not, not the sort of player he is I mean, he might, he might attempt it but I don't think but who, how do you get another Dom Solanke that's the thing or do you, would you go for something like a little bit more of a an old-fashioned kind of someone who's just going to hold up the ball kind of striker do you think?
1: Well I think you've got to go uh, so I don't know what they're looking at what they're looking at in Europe but um, I think they've got to look at uh, you know, someone that's doing a similar thing at a Premier League reserve level, yeah. Chelsea and Arsenal. That's normally a better insurance policy. Uh, mm. So, you know, a, a future, a future star who's eighteen or nineteen that's in Ars- Arsenal's team that maybe have had a couple of Carlin Cup games. It's that—that's probably your best insurance policy because you're right. Anyone else will say, "Well, if, if I'm coming in for ten million, I want to play." Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But I think we need a bustling, tall, mobile striker backup. As do Fulham.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, it's just it's just been us three tonight. Jeff, uh, Jeff, and Tom were not available, and I and I did try to secure the loan signing of uh, of Kurt Tovey to come on tonight's show, but get this, lads, and he'll kill me for saying this. He's watching JLS at the Bic. he he chose not to do this but jack the lad swing what on earth kirk tovey no i hope you had a good time i'm sure you um enjoyed singing all those songs whatever they are uh Tiggs, do you know any songs
2: i'm just trying to no i don't uh uh is there um no beat again beat again beat again yeah
0: um we should have started off uh, some punty of this uh, show with some JLS punch yeah, I think, it? but uh, I
2: think I think you've got the wrong audience for, for uh, anyone in the comments JLS. or any JLS songs
1: no, no. NWA no. I can do I can't do JLS <laughs> yeah <laughs> so,
0: so um yeah you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what happens with regards to Jay-Z we saw him in the main stand with a you know with a boot around his leg there I don't know how how bad the extent of what his injury is but at least we know that we've got a left back that can play left back now and you know I thought that he grew like really well into that and will we see Robbie Brady at some point not too sure well you know all will be revealed but it was just it was just a kind of complete performance and it was something that really did help to put to bed the demons of of Wednesday night and now you know we've got that you know two week break hopefully we can get players Sort of playing it, because it, it felt as though for the last couple of games, Neil, don't know about you, but players have been almost hobbling off the pitch and have just looked absolutely spent. So this two-week break for me, I mean, I think it has just come at the perfect time.
1: Yeah, well, Reading was like the sum, wasn't it, at the end? Yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was an absolute, uh, uh, you know, cat, sort of cataclysmic end to that game. Every, everyone was limping. Uh, so uh, it made sort of squid games um Looked like the Generation Game, didn't it, at the, uh, <laughs> at the end of it? So, uh, and I think that one, I think there were a few people took those knocks into Preston and probably were told, "Give it one more go against Swansea, and then that's it." I would imagine you have the international breaks where you do a lot of work. You have an international breaks where you do precious little. I think this will be a precious little one. It will be go and spend some time with your families, maybe fly out to somewhere hot, play golf. You've done really well. Come back, and then we'll put it in for the few days before Derby. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure to have your company tonight. Takes any closing thoughts, or are you, or are you just about done?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> just about just about finished. Um, no, I think. Uh, <laughs> do you know what Neil? Neil, you said something the other the other day, and I, I think that's really interesting as well. Is that um, <clears throat> if we could get the fifty points, <clears throat> that would that would you know secure safety.
1: I don't know, I, I don't <laughs> think but fifty even that'd be great if we get the fifty points by Christmas. That would be absolutely fantastic, yeah. And then and then test the theory by losing every other game just to see. Yeah, just, just to, to see, see if the it's theory. enough. Yeah, see uh, if it was yeah. enough. Uh, no, it would be. Yeah, this, there are there are some milestones to go at, and the frightening thing as well is, had we had a left back against Preston, I'm pretty sure we would have beaten them. No disrespect to Mepham, and you know we know those of us that went to Peterborough and Hull and games like that. That that, that you know this this side. Could have won every game this season, um, m- with maybe the exception of West Brom, um, yeah. which was which was pretty even. I mean, we should have gone three 0 up against Blackpool. So, you know, although we get nervous because that's what football fans do. If you were looking at us as a neutral, you'd say, "What are what on earth have you got to worry about?" So,
0: Tiggs, thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you, mate, and uh, Neil Dawson. Thank you very much.
1: Red Army. Red!
0: Great to hear from the guys after such a superb win. Right then, international break coming up. And what we're going to do, we're going to have a bumper podcast after the international break that covers Derby, Millwall, and Coventry at home. Two tricky away games, and then one against a top six club that recently their form has started to get better and better. So, how will we fare against them? Stay tuned. And find out. You've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Ball with Podcast.
2: Rogers is challenging, and eventually it's back to Jamal. Jamallo. The space for Jaden Anthony tries to it in. He does